Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a hey you're doing great, or you look nice, or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, their relationships, or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. I have a good friend of mine here today. He took the time out of his busy schedule to donate to me. Donate? Is that the right word? Visit. Do you recognize that voice? No, nobody does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have the news anchor, sports director at WTAE Channel 4 Action News. (laughs) Wow, I sound important now. <laughs> I don't even know if I said it right. That's perfect. That's fine. That's, that's fine. So welcome, Andrew Stocky, to my podcast Well, today. thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here after all the times we've talked about it, and I've heard your podcast. You've spoken with a lot of interesting people. Thank I don't you. know if I quite qualify on that score, but I'll give it a try. Oh, today. yes, you do. No, no. We talked about this. We had coffee the one we did. listeners, and I said to Andrew, I said, Andrew, you need to be on my podcast. You're very interesting. People want to know who you are. People want to know who Andrew Stocky is behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't even know if I know who I am. <laughs> I get up in the morning, I'm not quite sure who I am. Right. I don't know, I don't know who I am either. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about today, mm-hmm. well, first of all, let's tell the listeners how we met, because okay. this is pretty interesting. Okay. Was this 1996 or something? No, 95, 96. Yes, because I graduated college in 95. Right. And I went to TAE. Mm-hmm. For an internship, but actually, I was working at Variety ninety six point one. Back when we had a radio station. Yeah, the radio okay. station, right? Okay. And I was producing, and I had those late night hours. Mm-hmm. And so nice, you know, the people upstairs doing the news would come down and be like, "Hey, you want to do you know good?" I'm like, "I have to work till five a.m." <laughs> <laughs> do you see? Is that how we met? Yeah, because I was uh, I just started in March of ninety five, and uh, I was doing evenings by ninety six. So I always would wander down to radio anyway, because I we did stuff with them, you know, with the Steelers right. and everything back when we carried the game. So that's like how we first met. Right, because I was producing Bill Hillgrove and Myron Hill. Oh, right. Who else was there? Well, those were the two guys. I'm trying to think who else was on radio. I mean, it was so long ago. He just retired. I just saw a retirement. Oh, uh, Guy Junker. Yes, Guy, Guy Junker. Junker. Okay. Yes, he okay. was there too. Okay. That was very interesting. I'd be back at the station. They'd be at like a sports event or somewhere, and they'd be like, "Who's back there?" Who's there? I'm like, "Oh, guys." So you were the studio engineer. Yes. Okay, that was that your official. Oh, I like that. Well, because I've done a little bit of radio, and I know that we have to credit. We we definitely want to credit the studio engineer because without that person, we don't get on the air. Right. That's right. true. Back that in back true. my radio days. Right, and I felt like a night owl because I would be up till five o'clock in the morning getting the morning show ready. Right. And then I, you know, work at nights. And, and your sleep is all just like yes. off. Oh, no, I did mornings in the, for 
goodness, what was that, 12, 13 years ago in TV. What time did you have to get there? I got there at uh, 3.30 in the morning for the 5 o'clock news. And it was 3, 3 a.m. when we did the 4.30 a.m. news. We started that newscast back in 06, 07. Oh, so, my. No, it wasn't that bad. I, mean, really? I, I was fine. I mean, the worst part was Friday because yeah. you're, you're, you're done. You want to go out with your friends. You know, you have, like, you, have one drink, you have one drink, you're out. <laughs> Seriously, one drink, and that was it. That yeah. was it. You were in bed by, by right. six. Your body has adjusts to you different do. times and things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And your sleep patterns, they're way off, you know. But now, <laughs> now Andrew is working like 12 hours, maybe more than I don't, I don't sleep a whole lot. I, I would ask I don't, that. I don't sleep much. I, I said, do you sleep? I, mean, I, I get home from, I do the 11 o'clock news, and I get home at like t- a little after 12. Right. Uh, I know I shouldn't eat anything, but I like want to eat something. Cause it's because like dinner time for you. Yeah, basically I grab a salad or something, I go to bed. And, oh, uh, salad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I well I don't eat a heavy heavy meal, something yeah. light. Right. And then uh, a couple mornings a week I play hockey, so oh. I have to be up at, at five a.m. to be at the. You're still playing. I thought you got hurt. I did, but I kept, well, I mean, I, I bet my finger if I could still a little swollen here, but uh, oh. I. I it's, it's not that bad. It's a little swollen. <laughs> I don't think anybody can see it on TV unless I like, you know, hold it up like this. But, um, I want to see it. <laughs> so I play uh, a couple of mornings a week. And it's 6 a.m. because that's when the adults can get on the ice. So there's so much more to you, Andrew. No, it just means I don't sleep because I, I, I by 7 o'clock, I'm, I've slept like three hours, play hockey, go home, try to sleep, and then, you know, get up and go to work. So. Well, let's. I think the listeners would like to know this. I already know a lot of this, but I think they would like to know, you know, how did you begin in broadcasting. Where well, did you go to college? I went to Ohio University. Okay. In Athens, Ohio, which is about three hours from Pittsburgh. Okay. And but I wasn't I didn't go there to be a broadcaster. I mean I my background's a little convoluted. So I'm, do you want me to tell the whole story or you want me to just like hit no, the give track? us a short burn. Okay. So I, <laughs> I went to college in high school I was guy interested in television. And uh, I started doing like local community TV. I would do like uh, produce programs and things like that. But I knew I wanted to work in the business side of television, you know, sales marketing, you know, be a, be a big TV exec. So I went to college to study television but also management. I mean, that's, that was Ooh, my, my yeah. focus. Okay. You know, I wanted to work in like sales or programming or whatever. We were in college and no clubs, you know, sales clubs. So, right. you know, I did radio in college at the NPR station. I did um, talk show, did hockey on the radio, hosted public affairs programs. So I got a lot of experience doing some radio and TV. And then I got out of college and I wanted to work in the business side. It was an ESPN interning and there was a opening for a sales position and uh, I didn't get it. You know, which kind Aww. of bummed me out. Uh, I know. And the guy who got it now is like second commander of ESPN. So, <laughs> not that I dwell on that. <laughs> right, yeah, you're right. That could have been me. <laughs> I, I finally got a sales job in TV in Chicago doing sales for what was called Sports Channel at the time. And it's in the early 90s. Found I didn't really like it as much as I thought I would. Isn't that funny when you yeah. get out of school and you realize, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't really want to sell and, you know, do all this stuff. You know, I'm like, well, what do I do now? I'm 22 and I have, like, no prospects. And my friends were like, look, you did a lot of TV and radio in college. Maybe you should try to become a news reporter or sports yeah. anchor. I'm like, right. I guess. Applied for a few jobs and actually got an offer uh, in all places, uh, D.C., to work as a producer on, on Fox News. Now, at the time, Fox News isn't the Fox News we know today. There was no channel. Right. We were just we were trying to get affiliates to get into the news business. So we provide a national feed of video. That's what it was at the okay. time. It was an office basically in DC. I was there six months and then I got a call from Hartford, Connecticut, where I grew up, at a station I applied to and they had a sports anchor opening. They said, Look, you you're from the area. We thought that was kind of a positive thing and uh, like to interview you. Okay. So I went up there and I, I got the job. That's where my career began, you know, in Hartford. So then you started thinking, I'd like to be on air. I, it was something I, I planned on doing. I mean, I, I didn't, at the time, I didn't have anchor hair, you know. I, <laughs> um, I st- now I don't have any hair at all. It's like, it's like, 
But I look at you like your voice, the way you speak, and I feel like I've got that Pittsburghies. A lot of times, I started an AM radio station, uh-huh. Wixie Wixie thirteen sixty, yes. mm-hmm. and they basically told me you can't talk like you're from Pittsburgh. And I said, well, wait a minute, this station's from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of those because you didn't grow up in Pittsburgh, yeah. so you're not. You know, I say the top of the R. Hour, instead of hour or shower, you know, like those words. Sometimes you are so conditioned in saying those, you have to change the way you talk. Well, I don't. I think you are who you are. I mean, I. I mean, I didn't come out of college being able to speak like this. Yeah. Wait, I was going to ask you that because you speak so well. Well, I mean, you number one, you learn over time. I mean, you as you do this, you you learn how to communicate, how to enunciate, how to speak. My father was a great public speaker. You know, I, I learned a lot from him. I mean, he was really, really good, and right. uh, I, I always try to be, or at least emulate him. But I think it's over time you just get better at this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's a work in progress. I'm still working on things. I mean, there's oh. days where I, I speak too fast, and I have to realize, okay, slow down. I know you're excited, but just take it down a notch. Or, you know, maybe you didn't enunciate this word. Or I mean, my voice is my voice, but it's how you present information. And exactly. that's what I think people forget who are, are doing this for a living sometimes. You know, our job is to communicate. It's not about us. It's about the information that you're giving to your audience. And if I can't say it in a way that you're going to understand, then I'm not doing my job. That's true. I didn't think about that because I do. I I, I even say this in my first episode. I said, listen, I'm Pittsburghese, fast talking, Italian girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's who you are. Right. And it's hard for me because, you know, doing a, a podcast was. Something that I was like, okay, wait, I need like a radio voice or I need some type of voice. So he's like, you sound like Delilah. No, no, <laughs> no I think the voices that are much more normal and real are the ones that we gravitate towards in broadcasting. I mean, that's right. why Delilah is popular. Yes. Because she is her. She's not trying to right. be somebody She's else. Trying. Right, and that's, that's right. the whole thing. Right. That's why nobody watches me because I just sound like the average guy. <laughs> no, you don't. That's what I'm talking about, your voice. That's why I was wondering if you did get training or anything like that? Well, because... we, we work with consultants every so often, you know, because right. we want to we get better at what we do. But I didn't go to school and go through voice training. I mean, the only class I had was public speaking in high school. And that was basically so you could learn how to speak right. uh, from a group speak. of people. You know, that's my only real formal training. But other than that, it's just learning and watching what you do and try and get better. That's the hard part because I don't li- really like to watch myself. I, I don't like to listen to myself. You don't? I don't well, I don't know. I think my laugh's annoying. <laughs> But sure. I can't laugh. I think mine is, I think mine is too. You know? <laughs> hey, people, we're laughing on this podcast. <laughs> no, you got a great laugh. So, you know, going back to that, so mm-hmm. then when you um, started... The, mm-hmm. In Hartford. I was in my Hartford. first on-air job was right. in Hartford. So then how did you get to Pittsburgh? So I was in Hartford for about a year and a half, and I realized uh, that I wasn't... I was doing weekends at the Fox station. You know, back then, we just had a 10 o'clock newscast. And I realized that I was never going to get really better at what I do, being on the air couple times a week. So I actually got a job in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, That was my second job. Uh, It was an NBC station. It was, I became sports director. I was on three times a day, five days a week. Wow. So I was always on. You were always there. Right. And I got got better at what I did because I was doing it on a daily basis. Right. And I was running a sports department. And it was a smaller market, yes. I mean, you may think Mobile, Alabama. But were you repeating the same thing? No. No, I mean, you know, know, this news is... 
can always be updated, and you can always try to find new angles and new ways to present things. Right. You know, in that area, we had high school sports were big. Uh, Alabama and Auburn football were, were very big. Oh, yeah. I was two, hour, two hours from New Orleans, so Saints football was big. Nice. I was around the coastline. There were great local stories. Fishing was big, that sort of thing. So I had to, yeah. it was a smaller market, and you, you covered things that you hadn't covered growing up in the Northeast. It was a great experience. Made a lot of friends. A lot of us were very young. We're all in our like mid twenties at the time. Right, you guys are all having fun. Yeah, right, right. And we're all like working hard to take that next step. And right. it's nice to you say you gotta build your way up yeah. in anything you do. And it's so nice that the people I worked with back then, you know, I look at them now, some of them are still in the business, some have gone to other things. Right. But we all started in that same place. And so I knew I had to do that to get better. And so I was there for three years. And then in 95, Channel 4 contacted me about a weekend sports anchor job. Wow. And I thought that, okay, now I'm ready to move up to a bigger city. They state. contacted you. Yeah. They, well, I mean, they, they see what who's out there. And it was, right. you know, they obviously liked the work that I did. Came here, and I thought I'd be here for maybe for two or three years. And then take that next step. You know, I wanted to work in the Chicago. I wanted to be a sportscaster in Chicago or New York. Yes. You know, I wanted to be in that big city thing. Right. So I just thought I'd be here for a couple of years and move on, you know, because we're going to be a step. Now, step. how long has it been? Uh, gosh. You're going to make me say it. Come on. 28. 28? 28 years. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I thought you was a little young. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a, that, might, that was might, good. Might be that bit that, was good. that was good. That was well done. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, seriously, like, I think about you. I'm like, how could people not know Andrew Stalker? Like, you're a well-known name. In Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's yes. uh, so you're, you're being very... No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I mean, I really... It's funny. There are a lot of people who um, who only know me as a news anchor because they watch it at a certain time. Right. The people who only know me as a sportscaster. And there's people who, uh, you know, I'll introduce myself to. They're like, you, know, you work at Channel 4, and it's like, oh, have you been, how long have you been there? And I'll tell them, they'll be like, really? I thought you were new, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it's... Because it, it, TV news, it's not like when we were... Like when you and I first met, there was something like what one station or two. No, no, no. There was like there was there three were three stations. stations. Yes. You know, CNN was the only cable news option right. at the time. Uh, cable was just beginning to get big. Uh, there's no social media. I know people are going to have a hard time believing that. I know. Can you believe? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like Netflix and all these other streaming options. So, yes. you know, the news broadcasters at that time were, were much more prominent because that's who you saw, sought out for information. I mean, right. Sally Wigan. Yeah. And right. There. Sally Wigan was here. Joe DiNardo. Yes. You know, these oh, really big names, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm... Joe this, said it would. Wasn't would? that his yes, line? Yes, that was his thing. That was his thing. So Joe was here. Uh, I think Michelle Wright had been here only a couple of years. Right. Uh, actually, Mike Clark started after me. There were no... You know, those people who were on TV were big, big deals. and Big, right. larger than life. And, and they know, were there for a while. Like, yeah. That's why when I went into... I went to Westminster for mm-hmm. broadcasting in mm-hmm. the theater minor. I was doing the entertainment report for my TV station, my local TV right. station. And I was doing the radio, and I was doing, like, um, a friend of mine, Booker Newberry, and I were doing this quiet storm, like, call us for a dedication. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so when I got out of school and I started interning and I was at mm-hmm. some different stations, I found out that I don't want to talk about the news. It depresses me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go home upset. I mean, I, I put it to too personal to me. I mean, how do you, you're not taking it in like, oh, I'm thinking about this all night, this story. I mean, that's, that's a tough question because um, it depends on the story. I mean, look, news by its very nature is about what's different and what's unusual in our society. That's, that's what news is. And a lot of the news, you know, when people are killed or seriously injured, that's news. Right. You know, it's, is it depressing? Yes. But I mean, I, I don't think I ever go into it like, um, it's not that I don't care, but you almost have to detach yourself. Right, because you know? you're right. informing right. 
your audience. But there are stories that do get your get you and upset you. Right. I mean, like for instance, the shooting in Chicago um, yes. at, during the parade. I mean, that's just if you're a human being, you can't help <sighs> but be impacted by I that. I know, and it's just the news now. Like you got to report it, and you have to know. You have to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just that we are. We there. Are, we now know more things now. Right. You know. 30 years ago, we didn't realize or we weren't having people shooting each other on a regular basis. We, yeah. we didn't have these mass shootings. We didn't. We right. didn't have, we didn't hear about a lot of these things that were going on because, you know, we didn't have social media. Exactly. Now things are out there. People are doing right. things like this. And, you know, it, it's not that, I know people say, you know, sometimes the news is depressing. You know, that's, we're not here to entertain. Right. We're here to inform. And right. I, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's important for you to know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's also, if you need to take a break and step away, that's fine. It's okay. No, but I mean, people can get their news, you know, from internet and stuff like that. But talking to someone and listening to someone mm-hmm. and hearing a story, the way, also, the way you guys will... Also trusting somebody. Yes. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't look at the internet as always a credible source for news. Right. I mean, one thing we try to present is trust. You know what we're telling you is true because we've researched it. We right. have the facts. And if we don't know something, we're not going to say it. The internet, there's a lot of stuff out there. Oh, yeah. You know, I know a lot of people are like, well, I saw this on Facebook. Well, yeah. you know, is Facebook is really... True? <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I mean, until we confirm what's going on, we don't put it on the air. Because no, people could exaggerate or come up with of different course, stories. Of yeah, you can't. So that's but why. we're not going to talk about anything depressing. Depra- no, 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 oh, no, okay. no. We're going to talk about, how about we talk about... Hey, by the way, she has notes here. <laughs> you could just do this off the top of your head. <laughs> It's all right. I use a teleprompter. I use a teleprompter. Listen, I hated that teleprompter because I would either read too fast or I would be done reading and it'd still be... Oh, the teleprompter's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, tell Very me. easy to use. So tell us about it. Do you ever ad-lib? Oh, yeah. All the time. Do you? I mean, you know, you have a script, but, you know, you're, are you going to read everything word for word? No. And when I'm doing sports, I'm going to throw things in there. I'll ad-lib a few things. Sometimes because there might be a word missing in a script. You just have to say it, you know. When you have breaking news, you have to ad-lib over it. So, okay. yeah, no, we, I ad-lib all the time. Okay, because we used to have to write our own teleprompter. When I did the entertainment report in right, college, right. I'd be like, and I called myself the Lady C. The Lady C? <laughs> hey. Where's the C come in? My middle name's Christine. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> you should have known this, Andy. You should have done I should have done my research. <laughs> but no, I mean, what about bloopers? I want people to, to hear. Do you ha- Did you have any bloopers? Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you, like, overcome that? Or do you just... Well, once they're on the YouTube, you have no choice. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you haven't seen the YouTube blooper, obviously. No, I haven't. Well, next time you get a chance, take a look. It's, it's, <laughs> Are you in it? I'm, I'm, it's all me. It's all me. It's all me, you know. Let's just say I, I, um, I got one word confused with another. Oh, hey, hey, listen, I've got... Not a bad word. Just one word was confused with another. I have a a bad word that I said. Actually, when I was doing the entertainment, I was talking about the... Oh, the next movie out is um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. And it was called Time Cop, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm just going to leave it like that. Right, Okay. Mine mine was not that bad. It's it's, it's the word I chose instead of the word that I should have said. Oh, great. And it wound up making... I didn't think it was that big a deal. I didn't think anybody noticed. And then right. uh, about a week later, um, it was on the late show and the Tonight Show. You were blowing up on the end. <laughs> yeah. And my, my mother called. She's like, I saw you on the Tonight Show. Did something happen? You know. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. So, yeah. Hey, um, no news. Wait, let's see. Oh, how does that go? No news is good news? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Even, like, any news is people talking about you is is a good thing because they're talking it, about It you. depends. 
It depends. I think you know that. <laughs> I know. So the bloopers, yeah. I mean that that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, would you give? Who would you give advice to? Like, if there was uh, young people or young adults out there, and right. they're going to school for broadcasting or journalism mm-hmm. or to be a reporter, what advice would you give them, knowing what you know now? I would tell them to study something. I mean, let's say you want to be a journalist. Okay, study journalism. Got it. Great. But minor in something completely different, completely different, in a language. The arts, mm, okay. um, the sciences. I like that. I, because being a reporter is one thing. I, I think anybody can learn the skills to become a reporter. But what else do you bring to the table? I mean, if there's a job opening for a reporter, and, okay, you're up against 200 other candidates, what makes you different? What is it that separates you? Right. If you know a language, let's say you know Spanish, you have a huge edge over the other candidates. Because let's say you, you're, the job is in Florida, you know, right. and you speak the language. That helps. Or, I mean, my background is business. Uh, I love doing business stories. You know, all the stock market reports we do, I write those because I just love that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think anything else you can bring to the table makes you better at being a journalist. That's true. Because a journalist essentially, you know, reports on things, takes lots of information, breaks it down to a, a format that people can understand, and presents both sides. I mean, gathers information. But I think if you have a background where you've actually experience something beyond being a journalist, it helps you, I think, become a better journalist. That's, that's my opinion. I may be wrong, but that's how I feel. I believe that, too. I believe that, you know, nowadays when you're trying to figure out what you want to do, mm-hmm. as far as like a major, minor, mm-hmm. you have to you have to think of it like more of an open space. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't just narrow it down to like, okay, I'm going to be on the news, I'm going to report the news, I'm going to be a journalist. Well, well, see, I, I think you can. Right. But, but it's you, nice to have something... Like an edge of yeah, well, Also, the, fa- the fact is, your first job is not going to be anchoring the local news in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that clear to every young person out there. That will not be your first job. Probably will not be your second job. You know, If it's your third job, I'm impressed. You know, you're probably going to start somewhere you've never lived before. You're going to have to find your way into the, you know, what that job is going to be. Maybe it's a reporter, you're not an anchor. Right. And you have to learn along the way and get better and better at, you know, as time goes on. And, and you know, go from this place to this place to this place. I mean, I know a lot of people want to work in Pittsburgh. I've, I've discovered that over the years. Like, oh, I mean, really? Oh, a lot of young Why people. Why do you say that? Well, there are a lot of young people who, you know, grew up here who watch TV news. And we're, this is a market where people are really invested in their local news broadcasts. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the ratings here are pretty high in terms of viewership for local news. Right. Uh, I think people, you know, they grew up watching these people and they want to, they go to school, hey, I want to be the next Sally Wigan, you know, right. or, or Peggy Finnegan, you know, Ken Rice. You know, I want to be those people. Right. And uh, so they do everything they can to work their way to get back here. Plus, it's a great place to be, great right. place to live. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I mean, I didn't plan on ever coming to Pittsburgh. Right. My college roommate was from Pittsburgh. And I think the whole time we lived together, I never once said, you know, I mean, by me home a couple times, I never came. <laughs> I, I mean, I've only been here one time before, before I even took this job. And apparently, because I have some family here. See how things happen. Yeah. But I, I didn't have any plans of ever coming here because right. I, you know, Pittsburgh was not on my radar. But it's one of those things that once you, it fell in your lap. I mean, you just had this, and look at you now. Well, I don't know if it fell in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's become hard. You worked hard. Yeah, but you know, this, this area, this town has also changed a lot, too. I mean, it's it's become, I think it's much more, I guess, uh, modern, a much more cutting edge. Right. Um, I think it's become diverse in many ways. I think it's grown. Uh, it's become a place right. that I want to make home. That people want to be, right. yeah. And the, the other thing, too, is we are such loyal fans, mm-hmm. like, 
The Steelers? Stullers. <laughs> Gotta say it like that, Andrew. No, I can't. Why? Because nobody, I, I talk like that. <laughs> That's why Pittsburgh Dan is around. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Pittsburgh Stullers. There's no I in Steelers, okay? Let's can we, can we clear up right now. There's no I in Steelers, and I'm never going to say that. <laughs> but, I mean, look at us. I mean, if you would tell somebody that wasn't from Pittsburgh, mm. you would describe a Pittsburgher as people that are loyal to their sports and loyal to their news. I mean... And loyal to each other. Right. loyal to their community. I think... Uh, well, because everybody here is that invested in their communities. Right. I mean, it's funny. I've been to a lot of places, but this is the only place where, let's say, you know, I meet somebody here in, in Peters, and I say Aliquippa, they know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Like, like, you don't live in that area, but you know it. Right. You know, I can pull in Greensboro, okay, I know where that is, or Butler. You may have never been there, but you know. Oh, yeah. And so that's that's what makes it interesting. People know the area. Well, it was funny. I when I worked for, do you remember Rocco Pandola? I do. Okay. Yes. So I worked for his show as a producer. Okay. So the calls would come in, mm-hmm. and I'd say, oh, "What do you want to talk about?" You know, there's a lot of people I had a bleep. You know, do that delay, so yes. second delay, because they were, you know, not big fans. They want to argue. Yeah. yeah. So I'll never forget there are callers calling in, and uh-huh. I was like, "Okay, this person's from Monongahela," and I typed it up. Right. So when he went to say it, he because he's not from Pittsburgh. Didn't say it. No, he didn't say it right. He was like. What are some of the towns in Pittsburgh that are hard to say? For oh. us, we already know. Well, Monongahela can be tough. Yes. Monongalia, which isn't in Pittsburgh, but it's in West Virginia. Right. All the time, those two get confused. I, I don't think the. You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me about pronouncing cities in Pittsburgh. Yes. And I always say, look, what, however you think it's pronounced, it's pronounced the exact opposite. <laughs> so instead of Carnegie, it's Carnegie. Right. You know, instead of Versailles, it's Versailles. It's true. It's true. The way the rest of the world pronounces it is completely different. You're right. We have our own language. We have our own language, yes. <laughs> Don't mess with us. Yins. 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 I had a bumper sticker that said Inat. I actually have a Yins t-shirt. Do you? Oh, I wear, when I wear it like, I wear it when I travel. Because yeah. I mean, I, automatically people are like, you're from Pittsburgh. So. <laughs> so they know, once I start talking, they're like, you're from Pittsburgh, right? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say that we have our own like dialect, our own accent. I mean, there's just so well, much about us. We right? do. We and do. I moved around, thought I would want to go somewhere else, too. And I just, I don't know, I come back here because the people, they say that our city, mm-hmm. like if you need directions, say when you were driving here. <laughs> I know what you're about to say, but go ahead. When you need directions, yeah. what are they, they don't say, hey, you turn here. You, they say, follow me. I'll show you where to go. That's not what I was going to say. Oh, People okay. will say, like, you turn what used to be the sheets. Or <laughs> 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 well, what used to be, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah the, you, you refer to billing as to what it used to be. Right. And that's how you direct people You around. make a left, you make a right. It's, tr- it's true. That's how people Our are. roads are tricky. We have a lot of one-way. No, I mean, come on. I've been in major cities. I mean, it's, it's not. Really? See, you're better than me because I went downtown to see Kinky Boots with a friend right. of mine. Okay. And I, I said, can you drive? I'm not good at driving in town. She was like, really? how it's, long it's am I It's not that here? hard. It's not that hard. It really isn't that hard. I make it hard. Yeah, you need to make it hard. I would just like to have a driver take me everywhere I go. Driving Miss Jenny. Okay, driving Miss Jenny. <laughs> yes. And then you did tell me, go by Jenny D. Yes. So everything I sign now is Jenny D. So I get credit for that. Yes, you do. Okay. You didn't have to say that, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get credit for my business card, too. That's right. I wish you could see these. They're beautiful. Oh, you're so and, and, you're, and the, I love that picture of you on the back. It's what picture? No, I saw a picture of you on the front. Oh, Andrew didn't yeah. even look at it. I do, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, the coffee money. I'm looking at <laughs> So let me ask you this, because yes. this is another one, sure. one more question. Sure. I get it. See, I have to take that out. What? Take what? That's fine. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling like Andrew's no, analyzing. No, I'm not analyzing you. You're so sweet. But I wanted to ask you this. The most memorable story. Wow. It's so hard. I know. I most know. memorable story. News or sports, right? Or yeah, either one. And either one. That's so hard. I mean, I don't know. I don't... I, I, don't, I know the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And it's, it's not even close. It's the 2013 wildcard game. The Pirates. That game, oh. the first playoff game in 21 years. That was the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to all-star games. I've been to college football national championships. Wow. But the atmosphere that night, that was a game where, you know, the first playoff appearance in 21 years. Everybody wore black. That was the game where uh, the Reds giant Cueto dropped the baseball, and everybody started chanting Cueto. He dropped the ball, and then the next pitch, Russell Martin hit the ball over the fence for a home run, and the Pirates went on to win the game. Look at how you remember every little yeah. detail. Do you remember, remember any of that? This it doesn't. Okay, right. I mean, I, a lot of people will remember that. I mean, that was the the, the atmosphere. It was right. like 21 years of frustration yeah. came on that one night. I mean, I'm in a baseball game, and nobody's sitting down. People are yelling all throughout the game. It was amazing. Greatest, but my greatest news story. It's really hard. I I know I've had some great stories I've been on. Right, you don't have to narrow it down to one. No, I tell you one thing. I did. That I thought was I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was fascinating. I was uh, I covered the. Um, the political conventions during 2016, back when they were in person. So uh, the Democrats were in Philadelphia. The Republicans were in Cleveland. And it was back-to-back weeks. Right. And so I talked my bosses into sending me to both. And I said, mm-hmm. I can find really good stories. So I went to both in the space of, you know, two weeks. So I basically lived out a suitcase for two weeks. But <laughs> it was fascinating it was to be... It. it was. I mean, I learned a lot. It was a fascinating experience. I think it was that was the year where it was... Um, no, it was it was it was Trump and uh, this is terrible. I should know this. <laughs> I know. Wait. It was Trump. It was Trump and Clinton. It was Trump and Clinton yes. in 2016. Somebody asked me like, well, what was what was the difference between the two conventions? And the truth is, there was no difference. I mean, people think you know Republicans and Democrats are different. It really was the same passion, just different ideologies. Right. But it was the exact same passion at both. And I just found the experience fascinating to be there to talk to the, the movers and shakers. Locally and nationally, right. uh, to be live every night with all the other local and network reporters there. Didn't sleep a whole lot. I mean, right. basically, I was up at seven a.m. every day. But what an experience! Yeah, going to bed at midnight. It wasn't. It was a great experience, and it was something I'll always remember. Yeah. Because I don't know if it will ever happen again. Where right. those two conventions are happening so close together in such a short period of time. Right. That's so that, that was my favorite. That's your favorite. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's probably so hard for you to. Well, there's, there's bad ones too. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, the we stand, don't want to. Well, I mean, I, I go ahead. Well, I think we have to. Do you remember the Stanton Heights shootings? The yes. three police officers. Yes. So that morning, I was on my way to Ohio U oh, no. uh, to go speak down there. I got a phone call from our newsroom saying, "Look, we, there's something going on in Stanton Heights. Can you go?" The only person they can get a hold of, obviously. And I said, "Okay." So I turned around, went to Stanton Heights for the very first time, and never been there before. And I got there as the SWAT team was arriving. I mean, literally, I was one of the first, I think it was the first reporter there. It was, I was there for the next six hours. It was, um, it was horrible. Yeah. It was terrible. It stays with me to this day. It's hard. But what's interesting is, out of that, I got to know the families of one of the officers. So, after all the coverage, I'm exhausted. It's like 7 o'clock. I'm like, I gotta go eat something or do something. Right. And so my friend and I would go to grab a hamburger at Tesoro's in Bloomfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely forgetting that one of the officers, Paul Shulo, was from Bloomfield. Oh. So I walk in, and automatically everybody recognizes me because they had to chill for him the whole time watching the, the coverage. Right. So I had people coming up to me telling me about Paul, what he was like, and his background, oh. his history, and how he gave up a career in finance to come back home and be a police officer. Oh, my God. 
And by the end of the night, I felt like, you know, I wish I'd known this guy. Right. You feel like you already know. And I'm still very good friends with his parents. Wow. So that was the most, that might have been the most important story for me. Right. Because I never covered anything like that before. I wasn't a street reporter who covers, you know, shootings and events like that. It was the first time I'd ever done it. Right. And uh, it stays with me to this day. And that's why I'm friends with the family. And that's wonderful. Because you took a story, you know, a a terrible, tragic story, and what came out of it is that you know this person on a personal level, or you know the family, and you know about this person. This person just wasn't a cop that got killed. Oh, no, he was, I mean, he was somebody who basically gave up what could have been a very successful career doing something else. Right. Because he wanted to come home and do something that was impactful. Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's sad that he lost his life because of that. Right. But I think the fact we remember as a city, and exactly. we haven't forgotten about it. That's the best it's, thing to do. Yeah, that's the best Keep thing. someone alive. Right. Their memory alive, what they did for us, what they did for themselves and their family. That's one of the great things I get to do in my job. Yeah. I, mean, I get to tell you about things that used to happen, things that happened a long time ago, and why they're still important today. Right. It's so true. Oh, my gosh. You're so interesting, Andrew. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm sitting here, like, pressing you now. No, 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 because this is real life. This is real life. This is what we're going through. This is what we see, what we hear, mm-hmm. and we have to be aware. We can't, I just, you know, sometimes I think to myself, I'll be like, kids, are you watching the news? They're like, no, we don't watch the news, you know, they're well, watching you know, I, I, TikTok. It's, it's I don't, you know, kids today... And I hate to say kids today. I hate that term. I know. We're so old. We're so old. <laughs> we're kids. Uh, well, I mean, kids today, I understand why they don't watch news the way we did and why maybe we don't hold that same level of importance or right. reverence in their, in their view. I understand that completely because kids have so many options and so many things are going on. Right. You know, I, I guess I would tell young people, look, it's important for you to be aware of your world. I don't care if you watch TV or you read the newspaper or go online. Just be aware. You know, I mean, the world is not a video game. Oh, yeah. The world is real, you know. Well, sometimes they find out things on the Internet or on, what are, their, what are, they, what are they usually on, TikTok? I, I don't even know now. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I, mean I, I thought I was cutting edge when I got on Facebook years ago. Now I understand Facebook is like, that's so passive. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and I don't do TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm Twitter. I got it all, baby. I'm keeping up. I love Twitter. Twitter, that's me. I'm big on Twitter. I I, I feel feel that's the place you go for information. Right. Uh, I I really don't know how to post on Twitter. Like, what what do people want to hear from me? Well, it depends on who you are. I mean, you could post your podcast or links to your podcast. You can preview upcoming podcasts. Okay. I mean, I use Twitter basically to share information, preview here's what's coming up. Uh, breaking news, that sort of thing. Okay. But like Instagram, I'm like, it's all about what? Photos and videos. That's and, right, baby. And who's, hey, I'm putting our photo on Instagram. Well, we'll see a 50 something guy on Instagram. I got nothing to share. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to share. I have nothing to say. You just shared all this one oh, thing. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You I mean, mean photos? Well, I mean, I just don't think. I mean, I see why, you know, there are a lot of dance videos right. and a lot of people who are posing with here's what I'm wearing or whatever. I don't do that. I don't have anything to, no, to, to show. No, I don't off. think it's as much as yeah. like a man. A man would go uh, on there and do that. You know, a lot of guys do. Oh, really? A lot, of, a lot of men. Well, you know, younger guys. I mean, they. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just women. It's guys. That's but, true. I mean, I don't. I don't dance. I don't do videos. Hey, but you do hockey, so you need to put on a video of you playing hockey because uh, I'd like to see you on no, skates. No, 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 no. Why? No, I. I mean, I, look, I play. I play pretty well playing E-League, and those who are into <laughs> hockey understand that. Uh, but I love it. I, it's like my favorite thing to do now. See, that's your hobby. Besides working. Because tell the, tell the listeners, if yeah. they don't know, what exactly a TA do you do? 
You report. What do I do? Okay. Hey. I, I anchor the news. At four, I anchor the news at four o'clock with okay. Kelly Sasso. I do the news at five o'clock with Shan Perrine. and then I report sports at six and eleven o'clock. Oh my! So uh, I basically have you know two different hats, four different shows. Yeah. So that's what I do. But I also do a lot of other different things. You know, specials. I work on those. Uh, I do um, uh, public appearances. Right. I was going to say you're on location at places. Well, oh, I can't the par- what about the pirate game? I remember. Well, you I just went to the game to watch, and I do interviews after the game if I'm in the locker room. Or, yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, because you were up in the. Um, Press yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, I try at least go to the games a couple times a week when they're here, when I can get out of the office. Steeler games, you know, I'm at those games. I do a lot of pit football games. Yes. Uh, we carry penguin hockey now, so I do the penguin pre and post game shows right. for that. You could be playing on the penguin. Uh, I know. No, 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 no. no. I, I, not even close. I'm not that fast. Well, is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners today? I don't know. I mean, what, what do they? That means you're out of questions, right? No. <laughs> 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 no, because, you know what, because I want to end it where, oh, I know what we can talk about, listeners. Okay. Guess what Andrew Saki does not like to eat. Oh, my God. You're going to bring that up? I'm going to bring it up. Well, everybody knows. I no, mean, I, I didn't know. Okay, well, I guess we haven't talked about it enough. I, I thought all the, at least all the oh. viewers know. Yeah, okay. okay, well, maybe some new people will. Okay. He doesn't like chocolate. Why is that such a crime <laughs> in this town? <laughs> because we have Sarah's Candies, chocolate, pretzels. You know, I... I it's, have you always not liked chocolate? I had raw chocolate as a, as a child. You know, the, 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 like the baking chocolate? Yeah. I had it as a child once. And you know what that tastes like? Yes. It's bad. Yeah. That was my introduction to chocolate. Shimmy, I had something, I don't know how, it was an accident or whatever. And I've just never enjoyed it. Because of that experience? Yeah. Well, I, I, I've never really, I mean, I, every now and then I've, I've had some, it's in whatever I'm eating, I happen to take a bite. I really don't like it. I'm just not into it. Number one, I, I don't do dessert. Uh, I'm just not a dessert gosh, person. Gosh, I wish I didn't eat dessert. It's very easy. Just say no. I can't say I no. Well, I, I always tell people, it. okay, I let's, say you're going, let's say you and your, your honey go out to... And by the way, listeners, he's very healthy. He's all fit. And I, I can lose a few, but... No, he looks great. <laughs> well, let's say you and your, your, your honey go out to dinner, okay? He takes you to this nice restaurant downtown, okay? You have appetizers, you have wine, you have a nice meal. You really want to finish it off with a pound of sugar? Yes. Why? Like a, okay, so say I go to the Capitol Grill and I have a nice steak. And right. stuff like that. I always save room for like carrot cake. Like we'll split it. But why? That's so of, maybe a cup of coffee. What maybe about a, the, after dinner drink? I mean, what about a milkshake? Would you eat that? I mean, I, I, like, like ice cream. Yeah, I'll have a little ice cream, maybe. But I'm just I'm, t- I'm but not after dinner. I'm not like I'm the gonna, meal is I'm perfect. I'm gonna start sending you chocolate no, cup no, of no, no, the, 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 the meal is perfect. Yeah. It's like a cup of coffee is a great way to end it. That's how but I feel. You, so you don't crave sugar? No. No, I, I really don't. See, sometimes I think we're so, I'm not going to speak for every American, but I feel like that the sugar thing, we mm. got we got to get rid of that. Yes. But I don't know if we if I'm lacking it or if I have a little bit of it, I want a little bit more. It's it's, it's a mindset. It is a mindset. Yeah. No, I, I don't fault anybody who does like yeah. sugar or chocolate or dessert. That's fine. Yeah. It's just not my thing. And I... Um, I try to. I probably don't eat enough. I probably do like the one meal a day thing and whatever. But uh, I like coffee. I can drink coffee. No sugar. No sugar. No just, sugar. No cream. Just, just plain, black. Black. Medium dark roast. I always order that for coffee. <laughs> Every place I go, I have a medium dark roast. I'm not going out to dinner with you. Why? Because I'm just going to eat a dessert in front of you. That's fine. I'm my cup of coffee. <laughs> no, but, but but in the beginning of a nice appetizer, right? You'll probably have wine. Yes. I like I like a cocktail. Yes. And then you'll have a full meal. 
Well, okay, how about we split a meal? And I can still have my dessert. You can, you can have a dessert. I mean, I'm not judgmental. People all over me, like, for instance, somebody was telling me we, had a, uh, we were talking on the set about Jello pretzel salad. Oh, which yes. I had never heard of. Good. And people were like, "You've never heard There's of it." Pretzels like, on the bottom. I, I know. Yeah. I, I, but I never heard of it. And it's I, cream cheese on the top. It is. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you eat that? <laughs> I, was, I was like, it doesn't sound good. No. Seriously, Andrew, it is good. It's a it's Pittsburgh refreshing. thing. It's a is Pittsburgh it really? Thing. It must be. Well, oh. my, my coworker Shannon is uh, grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay? Yeah. And she uh, always clues me in on like the Pittsburgh thing. I mean, right. She to the hill. Cookie tables. Cookie, oh my, she turned me on to cookie tables. Listen. She was going on and on about those. I'm like... If I, I go to a wedding out of state and there's not a cookie table, I'm like, what is I've never heard of a cookie table people? until I came here. I had never heard of it. You're kidding me. I had never been to a wedding. I had table. two cookie tables. I had one on one side of the... And I went that's, that's, that's such a, that's a Pittsburgh <laughs> I had thing. cappuccino. Okay, but what, what was, what's the deal with cookie tables? Oh, like, it's a big deal. It's I, I've discovered deal. that. Especially in the Italian heritage, like my right. Italian weddings, we, right. we got to have those cookies. You know? I, just, I never got that. And all of a sudden, it's like cookie table here, cookie table there. And right. I mean, I'm going to a wedding this um, this fall up in upstate New York. Yeah. And they're from here, so they'll probably have a cookie table. If they don't, you better tell me. I will let you know. Because, and take pictures. Because the cookie table has to be... The traditional cookie table. Like we what is the traditional cookie table? It's got to be every little cookie. It's got to be Buckeyes. It's got to be Pitzels. It's got to be uh, Lady Locks. It's got <laughs> I, I get, That's another podcast. <laughs> you could do one, but I just don't understand the whole why it's a big deal. I, I don't get it. I know. It, yeah. Really, it's there's no reason. It's just because people enjoy it. And, you know, maybe We're always looking forward for the cookies. My family yes. will bring... We'll get a container. The containers are usually not out yet because I don't want you taking all the cookies before dinner. Good, good plan. But not my, not my family. We go up there and we're thinking nobody's looking at us, and we're starting to stuff the cookies in, and we take them. I know that's bad. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we have a sickness. I mean, I got cookies the next day with our coffee. And maybe that's what I, what I like about Pittsburgh. I mean, there's some quirky things. We are quirky. And I do think. Cookie tables are a quirky thing. Right. You're gonna I'll probably get yelled at, but I'm just like, I'm just, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, look, look, when I got married, there was no cookie table. There was no cookie No, no. There was, um, you know, basically, you know, reception, food. Did you get married here? I got married in St. Thomas. Say, oh, see, now that's different because the family's not making the cookies for No, it was an out-state wedding and the, the hotel did everything. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do when you're on the news one night? What? I'm going to send you cookies. <laughs> like on, on, like digital cookies? Or like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have some. There's called crumble in Pittsburgh. There's also called insomnia cookies. Insomnia cookies. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some. I won't send chocolate. You know, this conversation, we started on TV, now we're talking cookie tables. <laughs> Listen, now I'm getting hungry. See? Listen, this is interesting to me. This is, I'm worried about, I'm worried. This is stuff that I feel like if you, if you're not from Pittsburgh and you don't know our little quirky things, we're, we're fun. We actually, oh, yeah. we enjoy dancing and eating. Like, I think that's the problem. Well, but the thing is about Pittsburgh that, that I've never been able to understand that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why everybody slows down at the tunnels? Have you ever noticed that? Oh. The tunnels people slow down. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, it's like the biggest case of claustrophobia I've ever seen. People slow down as they get to the tunnels. That's why it's always backed up. Really? That's what I've noticed. I hate the tunnels. I get really nervous in there. See? see, see? Because I am claustrophobic. So, but, like, see if I can, so that, that's weird. Uh, the, the parking <laughs> share the parking share thing. Oh, in the city. It drives me nuts. I know. But it, dri- it drives me nuts. Yeah, because people, they don't have a, a garage. See, and when, I'm, when I'm looking for a house, I said, look, I told my agent, I need a garage. Right. Why you would buy a house with no garage? 
Yeah, because people will take your parking spot. They're not, you know, I mean. But, but, but why have a house with no, with no garage or no parking space? Well, why buy one? Most of, because of the older houses that were built. Because, yes. like, my dad lives in Brentwood. Now, he does have a driveway. He doesn't have a garage, but he has a driveway. But it's he just didn't maintain it. So now people park in front of his driveway. So now sometimes he'll come home and the neighbor will be parked right in front of his house and he doesn't have a parking This spot. is crazy. I know. You're so right. So now they're parking chairs, they are, which, you know, I understand why they're there. You put that on the news. What, parking chairs? <laughs> Everybody already knows that. We're not telling anybody something they don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm telling you what, we could talk for hours. We just... Which means I've talked too long. No. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wow, we have talked for quite a while. Wait, (laughs) I should have did the wrap it up, wrap it up. I I, I forgot to do that. I used to know the wrap it up. Come on. Okay, one wrap it. No, listen, I seriously, I would, I know you got stuff to do, you got, and I just appreciate you. No, I I appreciate you, you know, asking me to come on, and uh, I'm so excited for your success and how well things are going, and, uh, to talk about myself is not something I'm crazy about because I just don't think I'm that interesting. You know, I know really interesting people in the world who are doing interesting things. Right. You know, I don't think I'm one of those people. Don't downplay. No, I, I'm not downplay. I'm being honest. I mean, what, what do I do for them? Because I know you for a person in a personal way. Yeah. So I know you're a friend of mine from right, years right, ago. Right, right. But now, like other people, oh, you know Andrew Stocky? I'm like, yes, he's a wonderful guy. They want to know you a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Like when you're on the TV and you're doing your news right, and that's right, what you do. right. You're such a fun guy, such a nice person, you know, that I, I feel like people need to know. Well, I appreciate that. The Andrew Stocky that I know. No, I mean, look, I'm, I basically have a job like everybody else, just everybody sees it, probably work too much, and I don't sleep but enough. But you have a passion. Well, it, because I, I don't know anything else. I've been doing this so long now, I don't really know anything else, and I don't know any other place. I mean, I've been here 28 years. I've lived more than half my life here. Right. You know, this is home. I don't, I don't know where I would go if I didn't live here. Well, and don't you realize how important you are to us? Well, I, I if what I do is important, it is. Then that that makes me happy. We thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We thank you for being here for us and reporting the news and being <laughs> such a wonderful person. Well, thank you. And I'm going to get you to eat a cookie. <laughs> I've had cookies before. I just don't like chocolate. Okay, all right. You know, I'm going to get you back. Now everybody's going to be in an uproar. It's like, this guy doesn't like chocolate. Why does he even live here? <laughs> no, everybody send him. Like, no, I'm kidding. Don't send him any cookies. Here's, here's the thing. Don't, if, if we're close friends, don't be surprised if I re-gift. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody complains if you re-gift chocolate. Exactly. No one complains. No. So, Alex, I'm a good friend. If yeah. I get chocolate, I will be gifting it. Okay, you better be thinking about Jenny D. I will. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, You're Andrew, welcome. for You're being welcome. on my podcast. It was my pleasure. Oh, hey, listeners, it's a wonderful guy. T- stay tuned and listen to WTAE Channel 4. Check out Andrew Stocky, a good friend of mine. And this was Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny Dean.